Greetings, friends! Welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we look at movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my school headmistress with the mysterious name and a son with an even more mysterious haircut and co-host. Don't make fun of Andrea cutting my kid's hair, Alex Dandino. <laughs> I mean, I was actually going for the old heartthrob, the living erection, Josh Hartnett. That's probably not we, the best What do you think mantle. we modeled our kid's haircut after? <laughs> it's amazing that that took off the way it did. Uh, <laughs> all right, guys, as always, we hope that you're enjoying your time with us. Thank you for spending the month of October with us. As you know, we are on a deep descent to the dark depths of the horror genre. Uh, a horror movie every day this month, which brings, while we're down here in the dark, we're going to take a little stop at a cave, a deep, dark, lonely cave known as Halloween H2O. 20 years of water. Uh, we'll get drink, to that. Drink, in a from, drink from the, the pool. Ugh, the cesspool. Drink from the fucking cesspool. <laughs> Just kidding. There's some things I like. We'll get to it. Uh, jokes aside. All right, guys, please take a second and leave a rating and review wherever you're finding the pod today. It does help us out enormously. And for those who have been doing that, we appreciate it. We see it. We thank you. Uh, that's a great way for us to try to find new alchemists to bring to the party. Uh, in that vein, we're also on all the social media platforms that you're on. Find us, talk to us, reach out, uh, make your friends our friends. It helps us out. Please, please. We beg you. Um, also, in a good way to connect with the show, you can email us, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com with your ideas for themes, double features, guest hosts, uh, anything like that. Any movie, new or old, you would like us to discuss, we would love to do that for you. So, uh, you know, reach out to us in one of the many ways listed before. All right. Back to, we're in the thick of it now, guys. The Halloween series. In the middle of our October uh, horror movie marathon, uh, we hit Halloween H2O. I grapple with which movie I like least between The Curse of Michael Myers and Halloween H2O a lot, right? I think these are inarguably... Uh, although I'm sure people are going to say, what about Halloween Resurrection? That's coming tomorrow. I think we make a pretty good case that it's better than these warlocks. But I Truth. think I think the story for Halloween Resurrection, or I mean Halloween H2O and Halloween uh, Curse of Michael Myers, and probably even Resurrection for most people, is um, finding the exact right beat that you need. We keep talking about this. When you're this far into a series, we get the kills. We get what Michael Myers is. Give us something new, interesting, fun to layer onto the mythology to take forwards and back, right? Give me something new to think about while I see Michael do what Michael's done eight times before at this point. Um, right. And this movie fucking had it, man. This is the return of Laurie Strode. Um, this is Laurie Strode finally becoming the true queen of the final girl, right? I think rewatching the series, I was a little bit shocked at how... In part one, she, she you know, holds her own admirably. But she's not really this badass that we have equated Laurie Strode with in our minds, right? Halloween 2, right. they literally drug her and put her in a wig as if she's, you know, some streetwalker cosplaying as Laurie Strode. It's madness that that was a decision that was made. <laughs> and now we get Laurie to come back. And now we give Laurie the movie she truly, truly deserves, right? 
So this movie essentially says everything that happened after the first two movies, let's forget that, right? Let's wipe away the druidic magic, the nieces, right. whatever. Um, this movie begins and is anchored by a really great Jamie Lee Curtis performance as Laurie Strode of a woman who went through something that most of us could not even fathom and what that does to her life, right? This is survivor uh, traumatized PTSD Laurie Strode who's put her life back together. Um, we find out she had some other things along the way. But I think this was the exact place this series needed to land in Halloween H2O. What were your initial takeaways on this movie, Alex? Yeah, I mean, I think this is my favorite of the Halloween series. This is next to the reboot Halloween, my favorite Jamie Lee Curtis uh, performance. Even better than the oh, original yeah. Halloween, I'd say. I think um, this, but this is, it's funny you say that because I thought about this watching the movie. I was like, I remember when Last Jedi came out, right? There was a lot of fucking arguments about that movie. And I was like, say what you will. I'm not saying anything this or that. I know it's a little heated here and there. I think that is the best Luke Skywalker movie. And I know people were pretty pissed about some of the decision making, but I thought it made him a fully fleshed out, well-rounded, interesting, yeah. broken man, right? Dealing with totally. this giant I mean, legacy. And this is kind of where we find Laurie Strode. Right. I mean, that's exactly what I was going to say is where we get to see Laurie Strode actually exist and we get to see what actually has occurred to her over the course of her life after having that horrible, horrible Halloween. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, like it does everything. And again, like they do this again to perfection for my taste in the reboot. But as far as movies that take place in 1998 that <laughs> we were going to get entitled Halloween. Yeah. You know, pretty good. Like, I, I really like she is phenomenal and she's going through something that I think is profoundly interesting because like not only is she worried about Michael Myers, she's worried about her kid played yes. by played effortlessly by the interestingly haircutted Josh Hartnett, of course. <laughs> but like more so than anything, effortless like, acting, her, effortless hair combing, <laughs> just very nonchalant. Yeah. But more than anything, it's interesting to watch her react. Like, she's still very reactive. And I think that's interesting because, like, the version that we see in the Halloween reboot is very proactive. Like, she's taken steps. This is a Lori who's taken, this is a Lori Strode who's taken steps, but still thinks that she can live a normal life. And I think that's the thing I yes. like the most about it is that it does such a good job of the, um, sort of like the normalness of Laurie Strode's life is upended by the fact that she herself has not had a very normal life. Like she herself, not only is she the victim or the final girl herself, she also has sort of sequestered her child. Like she has not done a particularly good job of putting it out there that, Hey, I had some trauma. That's why I changed my name. Like her kid seems to almost resent it. It's very fascinating. But Josh Hartman is definitely a dickhole of a son. Like, let's just start yeah, there. He's he a is a total piece of shit. And, and I get it because it's it's true to form that teenagers eventually rebel against their parents. You're, that's your shit, man. Don't don't rain on me. I'm going to conquer this thing. I know better. I'll never have trauma. 
Right. So it, it makes sense, but he's also the worst little fuckface. It's like, can you? Well, he has like some of the worst zingers. Like you know, well, it's like just like give her a thing. day. Just give your fucking yeah. your mom whatever cool. she does, right? And I know we're both mama boys, but whatever. If your mom needs one fuck, like if my mom was like every day, like, hey man, this is when I almost got murdered at my babysitting job, yeah. and it was one day a I, year, I'd be like. I can do that. I can stop. Yeah, exactly. Because all he does in this movie is essentially hang out with his girlfriend, and they kind of stand too close and stare at each other and touch cheeks. I'm like, I could do that one day later. But I think you hit on an interesting point, though, right? The really cool thing about the Laurie Strode in this movie versus the 2018 version is hope, right? So yes. while she is a highly functioning alcoholic who's feuding with her son— um, we know that she had an abusive relationship in the past with his father. So that tells uh -huh. you kind of a lot about, you know, what she was maybe doing to cope. And again, the Laurie Strode we saw in the first one was kind of this idealized babysitter, right? Uh, you know, smart, takes care of herself. She's, you know, not out there slinging it like everyone else. She does smoke a joint. But, you yeah. know, she's this kind of archetype of the good girl next door that you would love to have as your babysitter. So now, although Lori's a little more road-weary, um, she still has this hope, right? She, she was able to literally kill the Lori Strode name, uh, yeah. move on, get a great job. She has a son who seemingly is okay, capable, healthy, uh, maybe a bit of a dick, maybe the worst yeah. hair of Clearly all time. Clearly cuts his own hair. Yeah, you know. I mean, we're really stuck up on that. All right, that's our last I, hair I, joke, hopefully. But I'm sorry, I had, I had to get one more in. It's just too much. Well, because I just watch my wife, like, drooling. My wife, like, Josh Hartnett's, like, one of the, like, Mount Rushmore's of my wife's crushes. And I was just like, the hair, really, that that did it for you. And she's like, yeah, I don't know what it was. It's like, you know, you don't know why. It's like some people put, uh, you know, Coca-Cola in their chili. You're like, that sounds gross, but it works. Like, who knows? That's the Josh, Josh Hartnett's secret ingredient. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> but that's, Anyways. I think that's the difference, though, right, is that, in the Halloween 2018 remake, Laurie Strode is so she's almost a, a cartoon. She's so broken and so damaged. And you're like, all right, let's say she gets got. She just has a daughter and a son-in-law who don't seem to give a fuck about her at all. Right. Right. A granddaughter who does. And then, you know, a house full of bullet hole mannequins like. This doesn't seem like a great existence she's leading, right? Like, she seems so much further down right. this road of despair, which is kind of what we see next. But, yeah, that the difference of her, because we start on the day before, right, where she, she now is having her, again, it's happening. 20 years in a row, she's been having this day. Can she move on? And I, I found that a fascinating place to start this movie. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the only way to start a movie where you have, like, Jamie Lee Curtis was still young enough at that time where you could make it. It made more sense. Like now, Jamie Lee Curtis, she's one of those. She's an actress who also refuses to alter her appearance, which is really fascinating. She shouldn't. And she fucking shouldn't. As she I should agree. not. She's absolutely beautiful. But like I what I like in and I, I know we keep going back to the reboot, but like we do see these three versions of Laurie Strode throughout the series. And I think the version that's in this it's in the reboot or I guess the, the sequel, technically the third sequel. I'm not really sure at this point, but yeah, that, that sense, one essentially would supersede H2O. It also wants right. to start right after the night. Right. So in any sense, the Laurie Strode of the 2018 Halloween is someone who's in complete control. Like she might be terrible, 
as a person in general, but she also knows exactly what she's about, knows exactly what her life is and has absolutely no like qualms, Yeah, which is why it's fascinating to watch the movie unfold as it does. Jamie Lee Curtis, or sorry, Laurie Strode in Halloween H2O is not in control at all. Like she is trying to have control. She's not even trying to control her kids. She's just trying to control the elements around her to the point where she can actually feel safe. And I think, it's fascinating because you happen upon a version of Laurie Strode in this movie that I don't think has been safe since that night in 1978. Like never has she felt to the point where she's willing to change her name. Mm -hmm. Like she's willing to go by another name. She's willing to be a different person. That's how unsafe she feels. Like Laurie Strode in 2018 doesn't feel unsafe. She feels secured. She feels like this is my life. This is what I'm going to do. My, her fear, her fear comes from, deep-seated anger much more than it comes from running and i think that's the really important part here is that laurie strode in h2o is running she's still running yes and i think that the survivalist laurie strode of the newest movie i wouldn't say she's in control or she is a woman of action like what she's done is burnt down everything in her life to where she has nothing left to lose and she's ready to murder but she's also a depressed alcoholic, so not, you know, like, oh, I'm ready. I'm, I'm good. I'm a knight on a I'm mission. I'm not saying yeah. she's got all her ducks in her yeah, right? I'm saying that, you know, <laughs> she's got some. Yeah. I mean, she at least yeah. knows how to kill Michael Myers. She knows how to, like, you know, sort do of. booby traps and stuff. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, she but this at least one, this booby trapped her house. Though, right? Laurie Strode in this film has things to lose. She's falling in love again. Right? To a seemingly okay guy. Uh, she has a son, right? She has a good job. And, and it's really funny, too, because I, I thought the idea of her being a headmistress was pretty cool, right? She becomes the ultimate babysitter again, right? Now she's the career oh, yeah. babysitter. Perfect. Looking out for these kids. I thought it was pretty. But that's what I think this is the problem, right? Is, again, that movie comes out now. We're cool with it. In 1998, though, right? 20 years before, right? This could have been H40, right? Uh Twenty years before, again, they had the fucking movie. This is the exact same thing as the Curse of Michael Myers. They had the movie. Go ape shit, Druid Magic, Donald Pleasance versus Druid Magic, right? Big Trouble Little China style. Go for it. Just hit the depths and go. This movie had what we needed, right? What has happened to Lori, our favorite final girl? How is she coping with this? Can you ever come back? I think she says that. She has that really great line, right? She's like, can something so tragic happen to a person that they never recover? And I was like, that's your fucking movie. But they they didn't trust it again. And they make the same problem they make in The Curse of Michael Myers, which is let's get some teenagers that are fairly unlikable and uninteresting so we can have that whole rigmarole when they had the fucking movie, right? Because the weird thing in this movie is... While I thought Curse of Michael Myers had a lot of problems, Michael Myers himself was pretty fun to watch. Halloween H2O's Michael Myers is the worst in the series. He's the worst incarnation. 100%. The mask is terrible. The walk and posture is terrible. And he commits the biggest sin. It's the thing I hate most out of any horror killer ever. And I say this without a bit of hyperbole for me. When he crossfits himself down from that fucking pipe in a one-arm pull-up, 
I almost every time I see it, I want to throw my fucking controller through the TV. So I was like, so you're telling me Michael Myers jumps 10 feet. And even if he does a pull up, how does he keep his legs straight? He's six foot six, right? Like you just start like your mind is exploding yeah. with why it's, does anyone think this is cool for him to he's not Rambo. And this is the other thing this movie does, right? Is this gets back to the bad Michael Myers, right? Is now he's he's playing, you know, Rambo and he's doing CrossFit one arm fucking pull ups. He's probably doing Kegels in between scenes to stay fit, right? This is the Michael we see now in the horrible mask. There's a scene when Michael first arrives. And I'm like, this is everything wrong with the Michael Myers in this movie, right? When LL Cool J and Hammer playing cat and mouse at the gate. And every time LL Cool J turns his back, Michael just sidesteps and stares through the window. And every time LL turns away, he is gone. And I was like, what is this Mickey Mouse Scooby-Doo bullshit? I think there's... Well, and I think that's the main that's the main problem with this version of Michael Myers. Is this my version of Michael Myers is it's weird because we talked a lot about this when it came to Scream and that kind of stuff, because those are meta narratives and they're sort of self aware on purpose. It almost felt self aware. Like the level of self awareness Michael Myers seems to have is like, well, I can just do this and get away with it. Like it's not a big deal. Like I could just sneak around and do all X, Y, and Z. Like yeah. I mean, again, I, I could not get over the, the one arm pull up thing is one of those all time. Like, what is happening in this? Like, there's a couple of times and I think I might have texted you. I wrote it in my notes where I was like, wow, Michael Myers did a lot of cross training before this. Like, this is great. Yeah. Like, he was really prepared can, for his he's really prepared for tracking down. Lori. They are so stoked. Like, I bet when they said cut, it was just, oh, oh, like everyone's probably wearing Gallagher tarps. They were so fucking excited on set. Um, just fucking horrendous. Like, like they just do things with Michael Myers in this movie that bought like Michael Myers fumbling with keys. That bothers me. Right. I've never liked Michael Myers driving. And this isn't as bad as which one was it? Halloween five, where he's like slowly driving a car through a field and can't run over children. You're just like, there's something wrong with like after Halloween one, Michael Myers becomes a like satanic magical force right druidic force right he doesn't need the fucking car anymore right that's the thing curse of michael myers got right he doesn't need the fucking car anymore uh but so we'll get to let's just do michael myers now right so the opening is a great example of what is so strange about this movie which is how did they get this stunning cast right this is an unbelievably good cast of actors for this movie we go and he's invading uh donald pleasant's nurse's house right it's donald pleasant's house i think she was living at and wrapping up she's showing up in her garb but she knows the neighbors so i don't know if she lived there or she worked there right right and her house has been ransacked right she goes and get the hockey dope heads next door as one would do obviously and they're like let's go back in while we wait on the world's slowest police officers right they run back in those trustworthy ruffians yeah and laurie strode's shit is gone right what we learn is that Michael has escaped. He somehow come back to life from being burned in the hospital. We spend no time discussing this, right? Because this is when I was like, is this a, uh, you know, Jason goes to Hulk? Is Michael Myers more of like a 007 code name? And he's whoever the Druids tap at the time. Is there some mystical body snatching force? Like, what's happening? Did he actually regrow under the ground? What? Explain this to me. Right. And they don't. 
And uh, but they they set up this whole thing, right? He's on this fucking mission for Lori, but yet when he has what he wants, because he doesn't, uh, you know, it's there's a couple times early when he doesn't kill, but then he has to stop to kill Joseph Gordon Levitt and the neighbor because it's the first five pages. We need a body. First five minutes, I, you got to get a body count. But it's just one of those things where you're watching and you're, oh my god, like wh- why did he do that detour? They were already out of the house. He has what he wants. He's already got his little car he can drive around in. He loves that, right? And we see him in the next scene, the mom and the kid. And you're like, this movie's not vile enough. He's going to murder these women in a yeah, fucking we're not going to put death. a We're not putting a kid, de- kid death on the board this early, yeah, are we? Yeah, we're not cop car. We're not just racking up the dead kids, are we? <laughs> and so you start sitting there. You're like, no. And he walks away because that's not his mission. His mission's the keys, right? I like right. that that beat for Michael Myers, but it's in direct contradiction to what we just fucking saw. And so you're really fucking like, wow, this is all over the place. But again, we always come back to Lori and all the time we spend with Lori is perfection to me in this movie. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's that's the meat of the I mean, that as it should be the meat of the movie, like. Lori is very Lori's protective of her son. Lori's trying to live a normal life by banging out uh, Adam Arkin. You know, that's her that's her thing. You know, um, she's trying to give poor LL Cool J a hard time about watching after kids. I'm like, a security guard. She has okay. developed a bit of a in a you're beneath me tone in her voice. right? A little bit. There's I this mean, weird granted, sort of there's a. There's this weird sort of headmistress vibe. Yeah. That obviously, because she's a headmistress, but you think she'd be a little more understanding, but no. She's very. Servants? Yeah. Servants? I thought that too, right? She's very good at the dismissive uh, voice. The problem is, is like, dude, you have one job and it's the button pressing, right? Of the giant metal fence. Uh, my kid could get killed because it's Halloween and, you know, genetics. Don't press the fucking button. Stop doing it. You've been busted X amount of times. And she didn't fire him. Her boyfriend did shoot him, right? Because they changed shadows. <laughs> right? so yeah, wow. It's a see it's it's that a mixed was another bag, one but... too. I was like, that shadow thing, I was like, oh God, I know what's gonna happen right now. Yeah. Like this move look, I look, I, I I this movie to me. For one, I can tell you right now, I enjoyed The Curse of Michael Myers way more than I enjoyed yes. Halloween H2O. But let's, okay, like, before we do that, right, because I think there's going, well, we're, we're on this downward slope well, hang where it feels on, like not, we're going to barrel into this thing. <laughs> what I was going to say was, while I enjoyed this way more, well, I enjoyed Curse far more than I enjoyed H2O, H2O does, H2O gives you a lot of the fun 90s stuff that you kind of like come to expect from these movies like this one obviously is far less self-referential than scream but it has the same vibes that a lot of movies that came out around this time have like it turns it into this big haunted house thing and then it just becomes this sort of killer instinct bit it's it's a lot of fun to watch like there are weird kills and i do think this is like bar none my least favorite michael myers mask by the way like one thousand percent yeah i don't even think that was close Yeah, like this is just that is just egregious. It's like it's not it's it's neither here nor there. But to me, what I think the charm of this movie is is like we were talking about though, which is Laurie Strode's journey in this movie is yeah. so much more fascinating than I think this movie gives it credit for. 
because it gets bogged down in the mire of, well, we got to kill people every five pages now. So like you have to sort of suffer through that and sort of deal with these like teenagers that are making bafflingly stupid teenager decisions, like not even good teenagers, like not even good ones, you know? Yeah. But I mean, they're just trying to get laid in a basement like they're That's fine. Like, I understand that. The thing is, so the you spend time like when Lori goes into town and she's slamming wine, right? Because she sees all this Halloween stuff and a, you know, Reaper attacking someone. She's at a luncheon and she kind of snaps at that waiter, too. I was like, damn, like, give me a wine today. Then after he does, it, she's like, thanks. And I was like, all right, right. Karen, chill out. I know you that got the a, hair. By the way, that was a heavy vodka pour. Yeah. Oof. I think it was a Chardonnay. That's classy. Uh, no, no, that lady. is that was straight up vodka out of the freezer. No, no, no. I'm talking about at the diner. <laughs> oh, no. I know what you're talking about. I am shifting gears and talking about that healthy. Yeah. Well, she's a functioning pour. alcoholic. But so that moment, right? Her just trying to cope. She's beginning to see the ghost of Michael, right? Again, in his new weird, horrible mask, which makes me think their psychic bond from part two is reactivated, right? I think her son has it, too, which I'll get to yeah. in a moment. But. So you do that scene, right? And for her to come out and find her son, and it's just really good, right? There's a lot of raw emotion and a lot of really fun stuff. Most horror movies of this kind, right? Slasher series, we don't ever get to spend a lot of time with these people after it's happened and kind of dealing with the fallout of these movies that we love to watch is just an exercise and, you know, seeing boobs and knives plunging into flesh. It's really fun to see that, right? But then you cut back to Michael Myers, you know, peekabooing LL Cool J, or probably right. the worst version of this in the movie is he's walking towards Lori and she's trying to blink him away, which I was like, great, that's a great moment. But then he does. He, like, veers off to the side and dives into a bush, presumably. <laughs> because, and they do this shot twice where she sees Michael Myers and then her boyfriend is there. And I was like, oh, boy, we're getting into something like she can't trust men because, you know, her ex-husband and Michael, like something cool is happening. Never get to that. It's literally just Michael jumped in a bush like, yeah, got her. Right. I'm here to terminate, but good thing I got that one last bitty, you know, that one last bit of comedy in there. And it's just that that duality of how do you give Laurie Strode this really cool stuff? And then yeah. everything with Mike, like, they're just like, it's so flat. Like, how many times is Michael miss stabbing people and he hits him in the thigh? Right. It's like he's really almost bad like at out of practice. <laughs> so well, weird. I mean, and that's like the thing, too, is so we've all seen upward. We've all seen now six movies of Michael Myers stabbing people. So we're all thinking. But I thought about this. And if this movie's retconning all that and he's just starting up again 20 years later, he actually might be a little rusty. That's true. And if so, he had to literally regrow from a pile of ashes or whatever happened. Exactly. Or this his, could actually be a new body. Uh, could you know, be. New body. Listen, who this? This could be a new body. And yeah. look, his coordination might be wildly off. And he has a little different so, flair in this one, too. Like, the one kill that's really good is when he gets the uh, the girl and hangs her up on the Edison bulb. You're like, Very cool. that's just cool. That's cool imagery. Yeah. Uh, it's just, that stuff is so strange to me. It's it's just so strange to watch. Uh, there was a scene I thought was cool. Because, again, for me, it's like flush everything that's not Lori and her son in this movie. But there's a scene right. with Josh Hartnett and his girlfriend, Michelle Williams, right? They're about to get in the window. 
and go party and he stops and perks up like you know bambi's mom before she gets blown away and she kind of yeah. look he looks out in the distance and i was like oh fuck he's got the same psychic bond his mom had in part two and possibly in this one because in her nightmare he comes into the school sees mm -hmm. the the closet flashback right with the hangers and yeah. whatnot comes back and stabs the picture of her son right later when she's running through the school uh making bad decisions right like telling the kids bunker down and then like two seconds later come on <laughs> but uh, you know she one of the great moments is she finds a closet with wire hangers in it and she's just like fuck <laughs> i love that but i was yeah. like oh my god she's psychically reactivated that's why she's seeing the ghost of this new sad and pitiful michael myers and when josh hartnett stops it's like what does he think he's gonna see his ruse should be fine if ll sees him he should be fine right and it's when right. michael's there i don't know um he just stops dude for no reason yeah because I thought maybe yeah, it'd be probably. Michelle Williams because they seemingly were setting – they gave her the Laurie Strode scene of uh, right. dope trope alert. Let's go to English class and state the theme based on literature, right? The Frankenstein oh. versus monster theme. Holy uh, shit. I guess, I guess trying to insinuate that Laurie Strode somehow had some hand in Michael's sad, pitiful lot in life. But neither here nor there. Let's let's jump to uh, – let's just go all the way to the ending. <laughs> um Let's Unless we missed something, I I don't think so. Listen, this movie takes a lot of liberties with just killing people. Like, there's a point where the plot just stops, and you're like, whatever's happening thematically in this movie is almost inconsequential. Yeah. You just saw the guy do a fucking CrossFit pull-up down to stab someone, so all bets are off. Yes. And that's kind of like when we're off to the races, and that's the part of the movie that, like, it's weird because that's the part of the movie normally people get excited for. Like, they hate the preamble. They hate the first and second act. This is the part they usually get jazzed about. And I got to tell you, I honestly just, like, this is the first time I've done this when we've been watching these movies. I, turned, I like, flipped my phone on to, like, IMDb to read, like, trivia. Like, what happened in this movie? <laughs> well, because, there's like, a weird Again, moment. it's one of those things where I'm like, I already know what's going to happen. You yes. don't have to, like, I'll, I'll tune back in when I think Lori's going to fucking take him out or something like that. Yeah, the only beat I was wondering if they were going to pull, right? And it's the thing that I kind of hope. I hope every time I watch this movie, which honestly is not often. But I've probably <laughs> seen this movie over five times, which is some kind of statement on the life I'm choosing to lead. But... They do the shot twice where she sees the ghost of Michael and then all of a sudden it's her boyfriend, right? The killer right. is looks horrendous, is very bad at his job, except for when he's decorating, you know, hipster lights with young girls' bodies. Yes, he'd make a fortune in downtown L.A. Yeah, absolutely. People are like, stunning, stunning work. Let me draw art in your latte while it gets cold so you can, you know, not sip it and take it in for Instagram. Uh, <laughs> neither here nor there, just throwing gripes today. But there's this beat where I thought I always thought at the start, I'm like, man, are they going to do the the boyfriend secretly knows he happens to be a psychiatrist. He might be obsessed with Michael. He's trying to lure her out. He wants to right. write a book. He kind of plays a little too dumb when they're about to, you know, get down, which I guess probably is how all of us would react. Like, wait, what are we talking about? I thought this was happy time. Neither here nor there. So I always think that's the version. And they're like, no, we're just going to go, you know, because there's this either it's someone she knows who won't let the ghost die or it's actually kind of this 
ghostly figure. Maybe she is insane, as we see in the next one, and she's somewhat more. I was like, there has to be something more interesting going on than uh, billowing white curtains. And that's not the case in this But the ending becomes extra fascinating, right? Because so Michael gets stabbed a bunch. He's getting rolled out by EMTs. Josh Hartnett and Michelle Williams in the shittiest kid move, bad horror movie character decision is, you go get the cops without me. I'm going to go back and hand-to-hand fight Michael. All right. I mean, we did already do the English lesson, so we have to get through it. Fine. Right. There is one of the great retcons in cinema history. Is when Halloween Resurrection starts, and they're like, aha, Michael crushed the larynx of one of the EMT guys, stripped naked, swapped the clothes, and when the guy wakes up, he uh, is reaching for Lori, but his throat is cut or smashed, he can't, and he gets his head chopped off, right? That's how they, they play it for us. And if I'm being honest, we covered Halloween Resurrection before this movie. So I was like, yeah, that's a pretty good cover up. When you actually go back and watch Halloween H2O, it is literally impossible to accept that series of events. Uh, (laughs) So I do wonder, I was like, did they actually have that thought out? Or is this like, that was weird acting for a moment. Let's use it. Because, so he gets thrown, he wakes up out of the Ziploc bag, right? Which assuming someone rolled that bag in there that wasn't Michael, we see in Resurrection walking away. They would have known, wow, this guy's alive or dead. They put him in a body bag, so let's assume dead. (laughs) He wakes up, unzips himself, reaches for the driver. You're like, maybe a crazed throat-smashed EMT would do that. Then he gets thrown out of the windshield of the car, right? You're like, wow, that would probably fuck a normal person up. Tell you what, that's not an EMT thing. Yeah, I mean, that feels... I mean, now we're getting... Most EMTs try to avoid that kind of action. So, yeah, we're like 80 minutes into H2O, and it's like, you're really stretching my suspension of disbelief. (laughs) Then, Lori proceeds to fucking run him over down a hill. Van rolls. He gets fucking crushed between the van and the log. And what he doesn't do is immediately start flailing like one of those used car sign balloons like ah! even though he can't scream you think he'd still be like my fucking life is over what's happening he just kind of chills and then when he sees Lori, he reaches out and his eyes get big as if he does have desperation so i was like is that just a guy who was doing the michael myers role who just made a weird decision as an actor <laughs> and later they're like Oh, there was someone like that's an emotion. Michael doesn't do emotions. Hey, before you go with the uh, or of this, I'm just going to tell you right now. It's that that's that's what it was. That's that's how this that's how that happened. Because I was trying to wrap my brain around it. Only way it happened, because if that's planned and if that's like, listen, what you need to do in this scene is make your eyes really big because you're not actually Michael Myers. You're this random EMT (laughs) who had his larynx crushed. Right. Wow, that's a lot of fucking hoops to jump through. But and all right, I'll do that's it. That's the weird thing that I had forgotten, right? Is the him reaching out like, ah, ah, I'm scared, which he repeats in Resurrection, right? They're trying to let us know this is a masterfully laid out, you know, <laughs> plan. But as he reaches out, right, then we cut back. He sinks back. Again, not writhing in agony, right? Even if he's paralyzed from the waist down, he's still an immense. I'm like questioning my wife. I'm like. Help me find the magic bullet that makes this work. 
And she's yeah. like, stop, just stop. Like, you're going to rip your hair out. Stop. She says, well, after he reaches for her, he sits all the way back. And the camera gets nice and tight on his face. And those are straight up serial killer. I want to fucking murder you eyes. Could you make the argument that the EMT's like, did you really no. have to run me over? The answer's no. <laughs> Listen, the answer unequivocally is no. All right? There is no rationalization for it. I, this is the thing that's amazing to me about this movie is, and truly, this might be the best part about of the movie itself. Not Laurie Strode herself, but this this moment, <laughs> that close-up, might be the most important and most crucial thing in the movie, possibly in the Halloween series, and I'm going to tell you why. Because without that very odd acting choice, okay, there would not have been a Halloween resurrection. Because there's no way, like, oh, you, of course you can retcon, but everyone's willing to suspend disbelief with that only. I just like got that chills. weird act. A world without Halloween weird, resurrection. Good lord. That weird. <laughs> that weird acting choice is the green light right there because nowhere else are you gonna get that anyway. Yeah, because it, it just brings up like so. Laurie killed him with knives and threw him through the table. Right. There's no sure. axe, I mean, or she couldn't start sawing his fucking head off before he's on the gurney. Go. I mean, it's just. It's a baffling series of events, right? I, I look at the end of this movie, and I was like, I see the movie they thought they were giving us, right? They're like, we gave you guys the good story. We gave you Lori and her son, right? Her son gets to lock eyes with her, his mom after his mom has locked eyes with the brother that he told her was fake, and, you know, he has right. to grapple with all of the horrible shit he did. Psych, he gets no acting done after these after the the key jiggles right like no acting i think at one moment he's like Meow, and then the car rolls away um but you're like they gave us a really good emotional core of the film and Lori yes. walking around a billowing villa right with billowing curtains and you know the thing right. with ll cool j could have been interesting right that what yes. if everyone she sees does she can't tell the difference anymore between Michael and normals and she becomes a danger. Right. And that to me is what's interesting about the movie. And that's the thing that actually sells it in general is that you can make the case to watch the movie because Laurie Strode is a really fascinating character in pop culture, not just because oh, she's yeah. the ultimate final girl, but yes. also because she is the ultimate survivor of trauma. Like, uh -huh. and this movie takes it to the nth degree. And then the, uh, 2018 movie takes it even further but this movie does such a good job of taking it to a degree where she's not necessarily a shut-in like she is in the 2018 one yeah but she's trying to live like i said she's trying to live a normal life and she's trying to cope with her trauma whichever way she's choosing to yeah is up for debate but nevertheless she's trying to cope with her trauma by being in public by being part of society and i think that is like the lesson of the like Michael that's the lesson of the Michael Myers curse is that this follows her throughout her life and that's what's fascinating to me about Laurie Strode in this movie is that it's not about the past haunting you it's that the past was never gone the past is always with her at all times yeah. it never does it never doesn't stop chasing her it never yeah. doesn't slowly creep walk through all billowy billowy curtained hallway towards her face Absolutely.
Perhaps. Yeah, I mean, I think that, yeah, I think that Laurie Strode's. That to me, that all the way cemented Laurie Strode as the queen of the final girl because it Agreed. showed her becoming more, right? She she right. now is older, dealing with it, protecting her son. I'll tell you this, though. I always thought when I watched this movie, I wondered if they were setting up a moment where she was going to look at her son and see something that reminded her of Michael. That was a beat I kept expecting to be around the corner, and we never got to, right? This movie loves to do that. There's a new kid in town, new kid on right. the block in KOTB of murder, uh, and we just never did it. <laughs> Because I was like, maybe I that's mean, why I, his hair is all mussy. He'll look like a crazy man. I mean, you could have, I guess. Like, but the, I mean, I don't know. Actually, no, you. I don't think that's. I. I never caught that vibe, and I'll tell you why is because I think the resentment that Josh Hartnett's character has towards his mother is not necessarily doesn't wouldn't precipitate him to actually do something like that. Wouldn't even give him the impetus no, 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 for no. it because. Oh, sorry, I thought you were were you refuting that? No, 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 no. I'm saying I'm with yeah. you. It's a beat I felt like they were setting up, but I actually like sure. I, I I I wouldn't want that beat to occur. It felt like right. something they were going for. The beat I wanted and never fucking got, which maybe as a mama's boy and now a father, was I was like, go hug your fucking mother and tell her you're sorry for yeah. being a piece Be of cool. shit. Go tell your mom like wow, your brother is really scary. And it does suck getting stabbed and seeing your friends fucking corkscrewed and Edison light bulb. Uh, man, I am sorry that I hounded you about permission slips and whatever the fuck. I think the missed opportunity beat in this movie is to not make, is to have not acknowledged that this movie takes place in the Jumanji universe because <laughs> Alan Parrish is in the movie. Yeah. Michael Myers, when you roll three sixes, Michael Myers appears. <laughs> it's not druidic constellations. It's when people have a bad role in Jumanji. Yeah, uh, no, that just... kid may be the most unusual casting in a horror movie I have seen in ages. The role that he's supposed to be inhabiting, yeah, it's it's baffling. There are about five character actors, one of which I know by name because he's in every movie as that character. Uh, his name's Eric Balfour. Look yeah. him up because you'll know who I'm talking yeah, about. He, um, he's too he's too alpha for this. Funny story, me and Eric Balfour actually had an incident at a bar in L.A. Of course you did. And it <laughs> was probably over this again. movie. Yeah, it was, was probably over like, how he should have been cast in this movie you, and he pissed that Alan yeah. Parrish got it. <laughs> you would have also reached your hand in the garbage disposal. Balfour, don't lie. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> But, um, God, that was a long time ago. Jesus Christ. Remember when weird shit used to happen to you before you were just like, hell, got to wake up. The kid's crying again. Uh, yep, exactly. <laughs> but no, it's, it's my life now. What the role he's supposedly playing is like that of Kieran Culkin and Igby goes down, right? Some, someone like that. It's such a I, weird. Yeah. It's just a weird. Like every time he's on screen doing his thing, it is like the whole. Again, I'm not, I'm not going to start throwing bombs at Alan Parrish. He got out of the game. No. I'm happy for him. You know, his dad hopefully regretted it. It was fine. Although his dad put on a mustache and hunted him in a Kmart. That's not yeah, great. pretty uncool. But, yeah, I mean, to me, it's the movie had it, right? Both of these fucking movies 
had it. You had the Druid magic. Do it all the way. You had Lori and her son dealing with the complicated fallout of this tragedy and the fact that it will never be over for them. And both the movies feel like they just all the way sell the fuck out and they say, let's remake the most boring version of Friday the 13th. And it hurts my soul because both of these were right. I think the hardest thing, right, for a sequel is what's the new thread to pull, right? I think Halloween actually, if you line them out in a row, right, number this, what are they doing? Number, I think Halloween short of Halloween 5, right? I would argue every Halloween movie, except for number five, I guess you could argue number two as well, really found... Well, Halloween 2 is where he becomes superhuman. So, all right, just Halloween 5, where we're just doing Jamie again. And we see a man in black. That's a cool addition, I guess. So, every movie other than Halloween 5 finds a really cool new lair to add to the Michael Myers mythology. And most horror movies do not do that. They don't find something fun and new almost every time out, right? Even the other big ones, Friday doesn't, Nightmare doesn't, I feel like. Halloween does. The problem is is they are so fucking afraid to be weird. They're so afraid to get all the way out there on the limit times. And that is baffling to me. I mean, it's not baffling to me at all. I mean, it's a tried and true thing. Like when you have something that works, that scares people, that's iconic. I mean, and Michael Myers was instantly iconic. You don't want to waste that by trying to actually, I wouldn't call it improve, but change the story in some way that might not be comfortable, might not jive with everybody, might not make everybody. And look, that's a production perspective from like, a Michael Myers storytelling perspective, I think that each of these movies tries to do something unique with it. Yeah, I agree. Number five's not necessarily that. But this is a great this is a great example. Like H2O is a great example. The unique thing that they're doing in this is making it about Lori again. It's yes. a Lori's like this is yes. about Lori. This movie is about Lori's trauma and Lori facing that trauma. Lori reacting to that trauma more right. than anything. Well, the start of the movie is definitely that. <laughs> Well, you're trying. Yeah, I mean that's that's what that's the thing though. But I would argue very much like we did in Curse of Michael Myers, right? While there are missteps, they really did justice to the one thing they needed to do, right? Curse of Michael Myers has plenty of issues, but they gave Donald Pleasance the goddamn hero send off he deserved, right? Doctor Loomis got his justice. I yes. would argue you could say the same thing for Halloween H two O. Which is what we really needed. If you're bringing Lori back, you mm-hmm. have to make it worth our while and give her the goddamn material to really go deep on it. And she did when she was allowed to, right? Like, even another scene we didn't really discuss is when she's getting vodka and she is, when her boyfriend thinks it's foreplay, when he is, she is laying out her fucking horrific past. There's a lot of work going on in that scene, right? The fact that her boyfriend can't even fathom that something that bad could happen to someone he knows that's functioning like her, that she's not, you know, who he... And he always says, like, I'm a great listener, but he's not really listening. There's a lot going on in that scene, and she is phenomenal in that scene, right? So they, they they got the most important thing right. Right. And 
that guy in the suit, I forget his name, I forget who's playing Michael in this one, but he opened the door to Halloween Resurrection, which we will adamantly defend tomorrow as we move on yes. through the Halloween series. I will say, I have H2O as my worst Halloween movie, followed by Curse. So we hope that we weren't all negative and bashing it, guys. We love the Halloween series. These are just a little rougher entries, right? We love Resurrection, though, so we're back all the way. And I love the Rob Zombie movie, so I'm, I'm very excited to keep pushing forward. Uh, thank you, as always, for joining us. I know a movie every day this month is a lot, but uh, here at the Film Alchemist, man, we like to celebrate all these horror gems. Uh, and this is the best month of the year for us. So we are excited. Uh, we're glad you guys are doing it with us. Plenty of great ones already out. Plenty great ones still to come. Again, tomorrow, Halloween Resurrection, which we probably like more than just about anyone on planet Earth. So come in for that. Uh, again, you can email us, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. We're on every social media site you're on. And if you would be so kind, please take a second and leave us a rating and review wherever you find the podcast. Also, please. subscribe to our YouTube channel, Nerd Alchemist. Uh, that's it, man. Goodbye, Halloween H2O. We're off to the loony bin with Lori herself uh, tomorrow. For the Film yes. Alchemist, I'm Josh Griffey. I'm Alex Dandino.